Welcome to Relationship, where real-life couple Justin and Candace share their keeping it real perspective on the ins and outs of their personal and professional experiences, navigating the ups and downs of partnerships in life and business. They will also offer practical advice for maintaining strong, healthy, fun, and successful relationships in life and business. If you're ready for comedic and insightful exploration of life, love, law, business, and everything else in between, you're in the right place. Buckle up, it's going to be a wild ride. Here are your hosts, Justin and Candace. Welcome to Relationship. Today, we're excited to have Rebecca and Jason Miller, the power couple behind Peggy Jean's Pies, family-owned pie business that's gained national recognition. Awesome. Rebecca, a lawyer turned entrepreneur, started baking pies with her mom for fun, and it eventually led to the creation of Peggy Jean's Pies. Jason, a true Missourian at heart, as an impressive career in HR and project manager, project management before joining the family business as the chief operations officer, COO. Together, they juggle the demands of running a successful business while raising their two children. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. We feel very honored. Yeah. Well, I love, I'm going to, you know, kind of give the audience just a, a little bit of a tidbit that we were talking to you guys. I'm very excited for this because, you know, oftentimes when you interview people that you've never met before, it can get a little nerve wracking. And so I always kind of have like a brief one to two minute conversation with my guests before because I kind of want to loosen them up. But I'm so excited for this because you are told you guys are totally my jam and you are <laughs> unleashed. And, you know, go there and indulge us and in going there and being well, super wheel. Which why, why do I feel like Jason and I are giving the doghouse after the show? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, not are, not gonna, you guys <laughs> are not going to be in the doghouse after this. We promise. Okay, Although my fingers are. <laughs> so no, I doubt it. Yeah. So let's jump in. First, you know, obviously, I want to know and I want you guys to tell the audience um, a little bit about yourselves and kind of your journey in your prior careers that, and then, you know, what led you to the creation of your company now? Okay. Well, gosh, I mean, we met in college. So like, you know, like a thousand years ago, um, we met in a class because I loved poli sci and international relations and he hated it. And this is like, Back in the day when you had to go get, they made us go get the New York Times every single day. And then you had to like physically cut out articles that you had to turn in like in a book. So like, this is like dark ages. <laughs> so I love the kind of thing. I'm like a super nerd. He didn't cut out one thing for a whole semester. So like one of the first times he ever was like, you want to go on a date? We could cut all of these things out. <laughs> You know, that's literally like out of that class, there was what, 14 people in that class and three couples got married. Yeah. So apparently not cutting out things out of newspaper. What are they serving in that cafeteria there? I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. And I'll ever know what happened to that professor. Yeah. But yeah, apparently that's the way to get dates is don't cut out things in the nineties. And then yeah. some girl will take pity on you and help you cut articles for like five hours. <laughs> So, gosh, we dated for a long time in college and then got married when I started law school. So he pretty much supported us, 
got me through law school and as anyone who is married to somebody in law school knows that's like a two for one degree because somebody's got to quiz you on the flashcards someone's got to sit there while you make all the outlines someone's got to stress after you got called on in evidence and you didn't know the answer and you're crying like that's yeah. a two for one sort of deal <laughs> Turns out I like accounting yeah. gold star let me tell you and it's not easy but you know when you're so stressed out and at, and at the height of all emotions, yes. um, irrational, sensitive, you know, heightened yeah. emotional behavior. So. And then, you know, you spend all this money and time on it. And I just remember going to take the bar exam. And, you know, I don't think there's a person in the world that walks out of the bar and they're like, man, killed it. Can't <laughs> wait to start practicing. I mean, everyone's like, well, that was a disaster. You know, so I come home, I'm crying. I'm like, there is no way I'm going to pass. Oh, and I was eight and a half months pregnant with our first child when I took the bar. So, like, you know, we already don't really have any money. We need me to practice. We're going to have a kid and I'm like crying like there's no way. There was a lot of stress at that time. So that the year that I took the bar was the first year Missouri bar put the results online. And I'll never forget. It's like, you know, that Web page comes up and remember how slow things used to load. And there's all the people that took it and I'm scrolling through. And we were at the original Peggy jeans and I was in my mom's office and he was downstairs. And I remember coming down and I was like yelling that I had passed. But <laughs> my mom thought my water had broke. So for like this one whole minute thing, there was like this complete confusion like why are we all yelling and like i'm like no no i passed so i call my doctor because i was oh, supposed so to did you pass in. the child or did you pass the exam yeah i mean that's i'd be asking that question yeah so i was supposed to be induced the day they were going to do the swearing in so i called my doctor and i'm like i can't go be induced like i have spent way too long i'm gonna take myself down to the state capitol and get sworn in and she was like I respect that. Like, mm -hmm. I can't guarantee you, you're not going to have the baby before then. Um, and I just remember, like, we we're so young and stupid. Like, I didn't want to buy maternity pantyhose. I just bought some queen size pantyhose, which, as you know, like, just roll down to your knees like a tourniquet by the time you walk around in them when mm -hmm. they're too tight. <laughs> so I just remember, like, going down there, and then we had him the next day. Oh, wow. Wow. I feel like you wanted to hold all in. Suits his personality now. He's 20. Mm -hmm. Suits him. He's, he's like, amazing. yeah, he's like, I was here for the whole law school experience. I went to the bar, <laughs> staying in for the swearing in. So does he want to be a lawyer? No. 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 He is. He really is into psychology and history. But he works here. I mean, it's very interesting to see what our kids are going to do, I think, because now they both work here. He's a sophomore at Mizzou. Our daughter's a junior in high school. But so anyway, like, like we started having a life. Like, I started as assistant attorney general for the state of Missouri. He's building his career. So my mom is the Jean, and her best friend was Peggy. They own this from 1994 to 2004. So we're talking the whole sort of span of when we're meeting in college, we're getting married, we're young. I never worked there once. Like, I look back on that now, I'm like, that's so weird, considering our kids work here. But it just never occurred to me to work there. Um, and Peg was a lot older than my mom. So she was really like a grandma to me and to Jason. Yeah. And she got sick really suddenly. And they, so we were living in Kansas City, get pregnant with Hayden, graduate from law school, move back here. And then I kind of see like mom is just circling the drain. Like she is not holding it together well because she's helping Peg's husband care for Peg. 
she is running what they have now grown into a huge business. It's been like on Southern Living Magazine. They serve breakfast. They serve lunch. Al Roker came for that show that he had done. So they had done this whole thing. She's got all these people on staff. She's trying to hold it all together. And by nature, she's a super ADHD sort of bipolar person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I just kind of looked at her and I'm like, I think you're either going to, we're going to have to figure out something or you're, you're going to have to quit. Like you are not in a good space. And she was like, I'm done. So she literally puts a sign on the door, like close. And that was, that was really it. And Peg passed, she helped care for Peg and Peg passed away the next year, the day before our daughter was born. Um, And then we had like a normal life. Like she, mom eventually ended up remarrying. My parents divorced when I was three. So now I'm in my mid thirties. She remarries. She moves away. He's working. I'm now working for a company that does a super boring kind of law, but I can work from home, which was great for our kids. And so mom would come every week. She lived about an hour and a half away and she'd come on Wednesdays and we'd kind of shop during the day. And then she'd spend the night, see our kids and all that. And people would just see her everywhere around town and be like, oh my gosh, so Peggy Jean's lady. They're like, will you make me a chocolate bourbon pecan pie in your house and I'll just pay you for it? And so she just looks at me and she goes, I don't know. Well, you and I make pies together. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be so cute. Like what I saw in my head, I kid you not, was Meg Ryan and you've got mail. I'm like, like her hair is so cute. There's a little lamp in the store. Like this is what I see. I was such an idiot. So I couldn't look at him and say, I'm going to do that because I'm a super creative person. And we had tried all sorts of like, maybe we should do this idea, that idea. And so we decided question to interject for a second. Do you feel like when you're going through these thoughts of, well, this is a good idea. Why don't we do this? Are you doing this because while you're practicing law at this point, you find it unfulfilling and boring or your nature to always be the big idea person and thinking about, you know, because if you're self-aware, you'll, you'll either know that answer or you're like, you know, that's actually a good question because I never really thought about it. Maybe I just thought that I was just a creative person, but there is that deep rooted reason why you're thinking that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think first of all, and I was a super nerd in the 90s. I mean, where did super nerds in the 90s go? It wasn't hip like it is now. Like you ended up going to law school because you're like, well, now I got a degree. So like, what am I going to do now? Like, who else is going to let me like read and write all day? Well, I'll right. go to law school. So right. I never had this illusion that I was going to be like Perry Mason. Like I, the thought of like going to trial, I'm like, well, I don't want to do that. So I think I was needed something really creative, but I was too young to really know what that she was, was always a big idea person. I think she's only kind of grown into that in mm-hmm. the past yeah. 10 or 15 years. So really quickly, how long did you practice law before you decided to do the full jump into the Peggy Jean's pot? 12 and a half years. Yeah, 12 and a half years. And really, when we started the shop, what I saw in my head was, I will be a lawyer slash pie baker. <laughs> like, that's how dumb I was. I thought, well, that, how hard can it be? be an excellent multitasker. I mean, let's not just I was doing a, a very specific type of school law. So my clients were Missouri school districts. And so that afforded me so much freedom because, you know, I rarely saw anyone in person. So I thought, 
how bad could that be? So we get started and I had maybe six weeks in, we had done a Kickstarter. We didn't borrow money from the bank. We kind of cobbled together because both he and mom's husband were like, they have a lot of ideas. Like nobody was willing to put up a house to finance this because they know our follow through. I mean, in their defense, fully supportive, but also knowing it's very hard for both of us to focus in on one singular idea. Um, so we get kind of started, and I'm going to be this lawyer slash pie baker. Oh, and we've got two kids in elementary school, and he's working probably 60 hours a week. And I'm going to have all these clients. I want the audience to also hear this part. Jason, what were you doing before you joined Peggy Jean's Pies? So for the 16 years leading up to when I joined the family business full-time, I was the director executive HR at the university here in Columbia um, at Mizzou for the healthcare. And so I really led the operational and administrative piece of the human resources for the organization. So I had a lot of experience um, working in the HR field as well as the IT world. Um, before that, I'd also worked in Kansas City. I worked at the Federal Reserve Bank for their automation division. So I, yeah, that's what I was doing prior to this. Yeah, okay. like super smart in a way that I could never be super smart. Like, I don't think I really understood what he did all day until he got here and started doing some of those things there. And I was like, oh. He thought I was playing spreadsheets all day. And I was like. But <laughs> he was very successful. And fortunately, and I think this is like an important part of the piece when people say to me like how you know people email me from all over the place like should i start a business and i think the important part to really say here is a lot of what i could do is because he is supporting us at home like our lifestyle didn't change like our we didn't have to move our houses our kids did not have to give up things so when we get about six weeks into peggy jeans and i am failing everywhere like my clients can tell this shop is taking all of my time the kids are all weirded out because they're used to me being home. Even our dog, I think, was like, hello, what is going on? Right. And I looked at him and I'm like, do you know all that law school debt we have? I'm going to have to quit and bake pies with mom. And I kid you not, you could see the color come out of his face like in a slow line. Like he just went pale. He's like, you better bake so much. Bleep, pies. Because he was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? You know, at this point, we're both making six figures. He's like, we can't really afford that. He's like, you're not going to be able to shop at all. Which, you know, spoiler alert, I didn't have the time to shop. So it, it, I, our lives changed in that way. Yeah. But then he had to take on the burden of me being a hot mess all the time because I'm working probably 80 hours a week. I'm trying to figure out so many things. Right. And then he's worried at home. Mm-hmm. because he's supporting our whole family, which he had not had to do by himself in a long time. Yeah. Did, was it a, was it one of those conversations where he said, you know what? I'm a little scared and you better be making a lot of pies, but honey, I support you a hundred percent. Or was it kind of like yeah. Justin and I, when he told me to leave my job because he was getting, you know, a volume of cases and he needed me to help him. And I said, absolutely fucking no. There's no <laughs> way I'm leaving my job. And, you know, he had to revisit the conversation with me a million times and it was like, honey, put your big girl panties on. 
you need to do this. You don't have a choice. And he threw me in the deep end. Yeah. And that was the end of it. Like, you know, was it a strong? I mean, I had, I had been skirting around it a little bit. I had yeah. said like, oh, I kind of wish I could quit and focus on the shop and the blog. And he's like, mm, I really can't afford it. Like I had been pushing, but when I had like a full breakdown and I was like crying and just like Oprah's full on ugly cry. I, and I was like, I just can't like something yeah. like something has to. And now we have this five year lease on this space. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we can close up the shop. Right. Because then we're going to be sued for the remaining balance. Right. It was sort of like as much as it pushed me to make a decision, I then sort of turned around and pushed that all on him. It was like, if you don't want this whole freaking thing over here to tank, because we borrowed the money from his parents to buy the equipment, we mm-hmm. signed a lease, we've done all these things. It's like, that's going to tank if we can't get me to focus on it fully. Yeah. It was really hard for her to be focusing on this new business as well as being like a part-time attorney, so to speak. And I could tell that like, it was, it was, I'm like super hard for her to do operate in those two very distinct fields. And so when it got to this point, it was like, we had to fish or cut bait, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and when it just kind of snapped and we're like, okay, then we're going all in and we're going to make. (laughs) Yeah. Like he, I mean, he scared me because he's such a, like, he'd always done our finances. Like, if I died, he doesn't know where our laundry room is located. And if he dies, I don't know where our mortgage goes. It just works for us. Got so it. when he was like organized chaos, but in a way, yes. I mean, right. when he's like fish or cut bait, but you, if we're doing it, you better get on it. Like when he kind of has that directness, I knew like there's no room for, there's no margin of error in right. this. But let me ask what took Jason, you, did you say seven years before you joined the company? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we started to join you earlier, but mm-hmm. he wasn't ready or was the seven year an organic? Well, it just seems like this is the time to do it. I think for him and I, I mean, he can speak for himself, but from my perspective, he floored me. I was at a trade show in Dallas and he called me and I will never forget my daughter and I are walking across this underpass, this huge freeway to go to this trade show. And he called me and he's like, I think I'm going to quit and join the shop. And I was like, yellow, what? Like, are you breaking up as the traffic? Like, did I just hear you? And I was shocked. What was the reason why, like, what was the impetus? You know, that's a great question. And I've had two years to be thinking about this, but um, so I've always, I was always involved. Like my nickname used to be behind the scenes tech guru, Jason. So I've always been involved in like helping the business and getting things going and getting all that stuff set up. But, you know, at seven years in and I had this big career, I was starting to get kind of bored. This is like I had a full year of COVID working, leading in HR. Was a big piece of it. And they'd switched us to working from home. I just felt like I was giving, 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 working, working, working. And it was for us, somebody else's benefit, whereas this is our family business. Our goal was to have world pie domination. We had talked about having two stores and then three stores. And to me, it was just like, it all came together at once. Like, if we're going to make this go big, we've got to make this go big. Um, I want it to go big. Yeah, I just remember a lot of those, you know, I would leave in the morning, he's on Zoom. I get home in the afternoon, he's on Zoom. And I could hear some of those conversations. <laughs> and I would just be exhausted because we're, we were allowed to stay open during COVID. We were an essential 
we were working our tails off because we were short staffed. And I, some days I questioned my life and I'd come home and I'd hear his conversations on Zoom and I was like, woof, I mean, whatever to go back to that. Cause it was just so much, you know, BS where people add things to the conversation that don't really matter because they feel like they need to see something, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I just remember he kind of ha- was starting to have a lot of like, what am I doing yeah. exactly? Like, what am I contributing yeah. to this world exactly right. there was a little bit of that starting to go question. on you had the purpose question yes uh-huh. exactly i mean yes, he really exactly. purpose question and yeah. like and i i want to ask this because i don't want to forget how did you guys weather covid with you know with your business we did fantastic Jesus. i mean that sounds horrible to sell it but <laughs> we really <laughs> I mean, I think we're super comforting. People, they wanted to sort of feed those feelings. And if you can go in and something smells like your mom's house used to, and you can buy it and take it home and eat it. And we have a fully open kitchen. So I think a lot of people felt like, okay, well, if I'm going to get something out, at least I can walk in here and I see the people are wearing masks and they have gloves on. And there was zero questioning about what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, we had to adjust like everyone. We added insurance so that one of our employees could start doing deliveries. That's not something we had before. Um, tons of curbside pickup. Yeah. But basically, we had said to our staff, like, if you want to shelter in place, you can. If you want to work, you can. Well, we knew the exact dollar amount that we had to do every day to justify being open. And literally, right. those kids that stayed here with me, they would be like, where are we, are we? Have we made it yet today? Mm-hmm. And then when we make it, we're like, oh, like a busted can of biscuits. We're like, thank God. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of adjustment that had that you had to really do on the fly. But actually, sales kept growing and growing. And, and so, knock on wood, it was actually a growth period for us. Such a weird time. You look back on it, like our oldest kid is as introverted as he is. So he's at home on Zoom school, whatever. He thinks it's the greatest year of his life because he already hated high school anyway, so who cares? <laughs> Our youngest one is me, she needs people. So she would literally get up and she would come in here and she would be in Zoom on Zoom school during the day in my office while I was working. And that's when we had one store. So I don't know, in a weird sort of way, I always, like, I like, it sounds bad to say, COVID is awful, but there are some silver linings. And I will always think about like that time of when she was with me. And then we pivoted a lot of things. We do a monthly pie tasting party that had always been in store. And I had started to hate it because we'd have to come in here, be here at night. People are drinking. We're going home like 11 o'clock at night. We switched that whole thing to people came and pick up their kits and took it to their house. And right. to this day, they don't want to go back. We tried to pitch an in-person and tickets didn't really sell because people yeah. are like, no, we just love it at home because we can wear our pajamas or we can let our kids be a part of it without buying them a ticket. So there were a lot of things that came out of it that, I, you know, yeah. were not the worst. But then overall, of course, it was just a weird time in our, everyone's history. What's, like, your most, uh, what's your most popular pie? White chocolate strawberries are number one seller. Food Network named it one of the best pies in America. So once that happened, it's hardly ever in here. It sells so fast. How many stores do you have? We have two within early works on a third in St. Louis, which is about two hours away. So if you want to talk about real marriage, he's in the shower. I'm brushing my teeth and we're like talking about a store in St. Louis. Like, you know, that's, I think, what the piece that a lot of people don't think about working with their spouses. I don't know, maybe other if people I'm turn it off. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we just talk about everything at all of the weirdest times. It's very hard to separate it all. Well, I'm not letting Jason off the hook yet on on to circle back on this. So what now you've made the decision, right? You made the decision to join. What, you made it in a January and gave notice and you came in March. March yeah. I want to know what were some of your whether you want to call it your best or your worst growing pains as a couple. The oh, I get you, I get you first. So I want to be streamlining this because we only have so much time. So I want to make sure I get the good nuggets that I want. So that's the first thing I want to know from you where the, the, the best or worst, however way you want to couch it. Some people are glasses half full or the glasses <laughs> empty. Growing pains. And then I want to make sure I remember to ask you this. So I'm going to say it now so none of us forget. What has been the best life business lesson you have learned thus far? And I always say it that way because based on our prior guests, some people lump business and life together. They're like, really, honestly, we don't see a difference. So the less, mm-hmm. the best lessons and the takeaways we've learned thus far apply both in our, you know, in our personal lives as they do in business. So first let's tackle the growing pains and then we'll move on to the the takeaways and the life lessons. So my favorite ever is, so he gives notice. He's gives them eight weeks notice to be nice. He comes here the very 10 days later, my mom and I get on a plane to go appear on a reality show on Fox. And we live in California for six weeks. So he quits. What reality show was it? It was a uh, crime scene kitchen. Okay. Cause I'm such a reality show junkie. It's my yeah, guilt. Joel McHale hosted it. We were literal disasters. Cause nobody in Missouri knows what a croquembouche is <laughs> much less how to make one. Um, so we leave and he's worked here like five days and I'm like, good yeah, luck. There you go. So he's doing pretty good. And man, he called me like at 4am California time. And there was some tears. Because he was like, holy crap, everyone here is annoying me. Our children need all this stuff. We're at a dog food, and we live out in the country, like 30 minutes from town. Like, it was everything. And I'm like, hey, do you remember all those days, like, five years ago when I was a super bitch for zero valid reason? Now you get it. I felt so, like, justified. Because then I used to be like, I just don't know what's wrong with you. And I'm literally like... It's everything and nothing, but until you lived it, I don't think he got it because he was like, I'm just so pissed and I don't know how to, any of it. And I was like, ding, ding, ding. (laughs) I'm aware. (laughs) I know. I'm out here in the California right now trying to win us $100,000, which I did not. But whatever, that's my favorite. Because I finally felt, I think he finally, for a second, I think he knew, but to me, it felt like he got it. But I'm just speaking for him. Yeah. So if I had, I mean, I don't think that's my biggest lesson, actually. If I okay. stop and I say. But we're not talking about lessons here. We're talking about what was the biggest, like the growing pains of when you first started and you guys are still working out the kinks of working with your spouse and living with your spouse. And you're we're totally different. Or yeah. totally different. I feel like there's several. So I'll just kind of go over the highlights. So number one, working with your spouse, as you all know, like before I'd had, you know, we'd had years, like she would do her thing during the day. We had talked to the day, but we're not talking like all the time during the day. One of the biggest things was, you know, 
when we're at work now, we're talking all the time. So when we get home, what do you talk about? We've already talked about everything already. So the whole work-life balance really became very blurred. Sorry. This is like you get home and you're like, well, I saw you 12 minutes ago. What's new? Yeah. (laughs) And you can't complain complain about her at work. (laughs) It's true. I mean, it's it's helped that we have two stores, but still, we're together. Another big one that's taken me a long time is, you know, when I was leading the HR for where I used to work, you have different areas and different teams that do different things. Well, when you're a small business, you are the different teams and the different departments that do all the things. So literally before this interview, I was working on our SEO on Google search engine. Uh, And then after this, I'm going to be working on some like sales projections. And then I'll probably go wait on a couple of customers and then, you know, pay a few bills. So, you know, that's one of the biggest learnings for me, but also it's kind of one of the best things I like because you get to do it all. Um, it's never, there's nothing ever boring here. Well, you get to do it and you also become not necessarily a master of all things, but it becomes no. beneficial. And I can only speak for this because we're in the same shoes that when mm-hmm. you're in the growth stage, like we are, and we're now up to, you know, well over, you know, 10 employees, if you add people that are working virtually, part-time, you know, all of our team members, you then don't, you're not in the dark. You you can then say to everybody, I've done your job and I've done your position. I know it well. So, Uh you know, Uh like, Uh yeah, you can never say, well, what does he know? know? They didn't do, we did. We told you. Yeah, I'll be like, don't even try to tell me like how many times you think I've made. Uh-huh. He'll get frustrated with me because I won't schedule someone on the front from like like in a two hour block because I'm like, why would I pay somebody to do it when I'm the best at it? And he's like, that's not how that works. You have other things you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. So we'll get or I'll be complain a lot like I've got nothing done because I've been on, working on the table so much. And he's like, well, you're the one that scheduled it that way. We, we really do. Balance I don't think she ever had the perspective of her time is actually better served strategically focusing on how do we grow the brand and how do we grow the business and what are the new products? Because she's so in the trenches sometimes that right. she just wants to get on the front line and like, get out of my, get out of my way. I can do this faster. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah, I think have to. Thank you. Over one, I can switch to controlling super fast and be like, just, sh- just get out of my space. I will just do it myself. And he's like, that's not how that works. You, he'll say to me all the time, you need to say, here is my expectation. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> like, we're just, totally different people that way he's a much calmer everything is backed by data whereas for me everything is like in my heart so i'm either like hell yes or hell no without a lot of room for negotiation and he's like running behind me with a spreadsheet being like well did you look at what the data said and i'm like that's taking adjustment i think guys are also better with the gray areas you know which is what 100 percent because sometimes the gray areas For example, if it comes to, you know, taking risks, and I think that women, well, at least I was a little bit more risk averse, you know, Justin can see the gray areas, which then, you know, when you when you're able to take more risks, and I can only say that we do that because of him. Thank you. You know, whether, hold on, hold on. (laughs) 
Here's the but. But yeah. no, but and I know that his gray areas are backed by data, let's say. Okay. But the point the point is is that we're able to jump and you know take a lot more risks because of him. And sometimes it really pays off great. So that, you know, with that, I think it's a great segue because, you know, we've got probably what, five, five minutes. ten minutes, five, ten minutes. I really wanna talk about the life lessons because you know, for everybody that's listening, the point of relationship is, you know, what people really don't want to talk about is how do you deal with conflict? So that's one oh. thing you can talk about in like a couple of minutes. And then the, the grand finale, you know, which is, you know, the big takeaways and lessons learned. Um, if you can address those two things, that would be amazeballs. Yeah. I mean, conflict is so hard it's like you have ironed out i mean we've been married what like 21 years before we started doing this together so we've ironed out a lot of that at home stuff stuff that made us mad at home or stuff about our kids then you roll into this and it's just like unlocking a portal to the next level of stuff that pisses you off right so we really it's all compounded so yeah what has been the like you can either, what's the secret sauce? Are you still at that stage where you're like, shit, if we know, or <laughs> I have found like the better way of dealing with me, Like I have to talk about it. Even if I'm like, if you're going to make me mad, I would rather be mad because we're having a conversation. Like he will tend to very much like shut down. Don't want to talk about it. And I will push, 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 like picking a scab. I'll be like, no, we just have to solve it. Just say whatever you think. <laughs> um, so like that, I don't know if it helps or not. It's much harder for him. I will say everything I'm thinking. And he'll be like, well, I would tell you this, but I just know this is going to make you mad. <laughs> She's very, I mean, you can tell. I'm more of an introvert. She's the extrovert. So she gets very loud and very motive yeah. um, when she's got a, a feeling or a thought. So I would say we have not reconfigured it out yet but i think that we're learning like i know how to give her that space to let her have that you know loud response yeah and let it be okay even though it's not easy for me and vice versa i mean i just don't i don't know if anybody can ever sell that i i'm not good at things that i don't like things that have an end point so like if we wrap this all up nicely and we were like, we come here every day and we never fight, I'd probably be like, well, I don't like that. I'd probably pause <laughs> a fight because I want like the next thing rolling down at me. So it's like, we have two stores. We do very, very well. What should we do? Hell, earn at a third store. Yeah. If we don't fight for like a week, I'm the first one trying to paw around and be like, well, now I'm kind of irritated. We don't do well to status quo. Like we're just not. We're not good with like this. Complacency is boring. is boring. And it almost yeah. seems like unless there's chaos, you're not working towards something. If you're not fighting, then there's yeah. no conflict. And if there's no conflict, how can you be trying new things or trying to get to a certain right. goal or destination? Because all of those things are part of the journeys that people don't think about. They don't right. express. Yeah. And mm -hmm. they they look at it as a sign of either failure or something is wrong rather than a sign of health and move yeah. and progress. Yeah. I, and I don't like it. Yeah, I'm a big like I like like people that are always sort of inwardly thinking and sort of like thinking about themselves and their how they want to change and grow. And I just don't know how you can keep changing and growing 
and not fight with the person you're sharing that with sometimes. Because if he's going to be honest with me about things that I'm doing, or if I'm honest with him, like, what's the real motivation behind, like, why you want to do that? We had that conversation last week. Hey, it was like, maybe I could do this for other businesses. And I'm like, wait a second, do you really want the money or do you want the accolades that you're good at it? Like, those are hard conversations to have. Yeah. But I think if you are evolving as a person, you have to assume that. If the answer is yes to both, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Because that's our personal journey and yeah. our purpose can be met with a different check marks and different exactly. buckets. So, okay, yeah. now, this is, now this is, we got to wrap this up. So, yeah. if y'all, what is the best lesson learned takeaway that you guys have come up with or realized? When working with yourself. When working, you know, in life and business. In life, yeah. in business. Yeah. It's not just working not with yourself, yet. but what is the, you know, the number one takeaway lesson learned? I know for me, like we turned nine yesterday. And when people say to me, like owning a business or working with your spouse, the only thing that I feel like I've learned that has changed me is I do not give up on this. It is going to suck some days. Like I have to go into it knowing like some days are going to be awful and some days are going to be so rewarding. Like some days it just requires like you put your head down and you just hold on to it. And that has kind of helped me like when we're struggling here or if he and I are fighting to be like giving up does not exist as an option on the table. So Mm -hmm. adjust my expectations to know that, yeah, some days are going to be really, really hard. And some days Mm -hmm. we'll come back and reward you for that. And a lot of the days on the in-between are going to be so mundane. That's all okay. But I did not come this far to give up on because something is annoying or trying or stupid or whatever like i guess i'm just not ever looking for the like so many people are like oh if i can just get out of it and never work there or if i can just do this or do that i try to be like this is what i do right now and if i can just hold on to that then when you start looking at that big picture across the spectrum you see how much has changed but when you were in it it felt like nothing was ever changing but it is. Everything's evolving and growing. It's just, I think, people, there's a lot of pressure in our society to be like, well, if you're the CEO, you should have a jet and you should have a country house and you should have a lake house and you shouldn't have to be there. So if you just choose to sort of lose focus with that and sort of focus on one solitary thing, mm-hmm. this is what our focus on. This store is our third kid. We can't give up on it. We don't give up on our other two, and they annoy the hell out of us sometimes. <laughs> I mean, any family, they're your parent, and you're like, my kids don't annoy me. You're, you're lying. That's just parenting. Yeah. So I'm like, this is just our third kid. This is just it. We're just all here, even when they're difficult. I'd say the thing that um, my takeaway has been, one thing that I didn't anticipate going into business full-time with my wife was that there's really a work person and there's like my wife person and our personalities are different when we're at work. Like I didn't realize the extent of her work style until I was here every day, the ups and the downs and the very loud and respond, you know, I'm used to more of a controlled environment, you know, working in HR and like, this is how we have meetings. A meeting to her, you could not get her to show up to the meeting. There'll be no meetings in a corporate PJP. Mm-hmm. Um, she's already said, you know, we're not going to have meeting rooms or conferences. 
no like employee surveys. So getting to know and appreciate the fact that her work style is so different and actually appreciate the fact that's probably why we can be so successful is because she's got this idea this is her work style brand, but I can come in behind and make it operational and make it um, financially feasible and create the analytics so we can actually build the bridge to where we're going. So I think just appreciating doesn't mean I like it all the time because it does cause a lot of fights sometimes, but I do appreciate it. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, I don't. I haven't looked at our bank account, and I don't know. Like, seventeen years at home. I don't even know where it's at, and I don't look at it here. And we've had a business consultant before be like, you, "Why are you not looking?" I'm, I trust him. I can't. I just, that is his strong suit. I don't want to look at the bank account. If he says yes to something, that, that means that we can do that. If he says no, that that I fully believe that he's really thought through that and no, that's not something we can do. And that applies at home and it applies here. So I think that takes an insane amount of trust that maybe is like sometimes antithetical for people that feel like they need to be all in every little piece. But if I let him do his thing that he's good at and I do the thing that I'm good at, then why would I sit there and look at QuickBooks with him? I don't want to do that. And he doesn't want to like get on Facebook and look at stuff with me. Learning to know the other person's strength and trust that and not feel threatened by it, I think is a big piece. And that's probably really hard if you're young and married. That takes time. Right. You have to kind of mature into that. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get to that point until several, several years into our business. So I love that you guys said that because all the different things that you just said really touch on us. And so I really want to thank you guys for speaking my language. I just and I can't wait to taste one of your pies. Hey, um, we'll ship them right to you. I I'm so excited. Um, but it was such a joy and such a pleasure to talk to you guys. I wish that we actually had more time, but doing this in the middle of our workday as well, like you know, that's sure. another difficult thing is time management. But I <laughs> to God. Um, we can circle back, you know, maybe at another time so we can kind of continue the conversation with you guys. Yeah, 100%. We would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for everything, for your time. And it was so nice to meet you guys. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Don't miss next week's episode for more relatable, real, and practical insights from Relationship, packed with even more candid conversations. So make sure to subscribe, tune in, and keep your wine glass full. And if you want to share your own experience or ask a question, follow us on social media and feel free to reach out. Go to CernitzLaw.com, call 888-68-DAMAGE, or email us at cshanbraun at CernitzLaw.com or jcernitz at CernitzLaw.com.